Welcome, guys. Hello. Father, I just thank you for, for today and for allowing us to be here. And, and we just, just settle our hearts and minds right now around your word. We thank you that your word is, is true. And uh, we ask that you would speak to us now. Amen. Okay, awesome. So, baptism in the Holy Spirit is the topic for tonight. If we could start by having a look at John chapter 14. If you don't have the Bible, I'll read it for you. John chapter 14, verse 17. Jesus is speaking about the Spirit of Truth, or the Holy Spirit. And he says, The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. So the first thing I want to look at tonight is the difference between with and in and Jesus spoke as we just read to his disciples that about the Holy Spirit that they knew him they knew the disciples knew the Holy Spirit because he had been with them but then he spoke of a time that the Spirit would come in them and we know that the Holy Spirit came in Christ and when the disciples were with Jesus they were with the Holy Spirit but the Holy Spirit wasn't in them and even though they went out and did miracles did acts of power cast out demons and healed the sick they were going out in the authority that Jesus had given them but the Holy Spirit was not living inside them so we see here on, on the board a uh, couple of examples. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, I've written up there that he, was, he came on the people and he was with the people. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes in or fills us. So for our first example there, I have Samson. was a long-haired strong man see his his muscles big muscles <laughs> he was a strong man and but his strength came externally through the holy spirit we don't actually know if he was uh physically large we don't even know if he if he did have big muscles <laughs> but we know that that he did mighty feats and he at one point he actually lifted up the gates uh, the city gates of a Philistine city and carried them away and so the Holy Spirit came on Samson for a specific task um, also David I have a little example we know David was he was a shepherd boy but he he was also a, a very talented musician and when he played music the Holy Spirit would come upon him and in one instance when King Saul was quite troubled by evil spirits he would call for for David to come and and play play the harp for him and when David played the harp the Holy Spirit filled the room and Saul was comforted in his distress so we see the Holy Spirit came on people for for certain tasks so whether for warfare or for worship uh, or for wisdom for the kings or for decisions so David in Psalm 51 we know that his prayer in Psalm 51 after he had committed some sin was that his pleading was was with God that he wouldn't take the Holy Spirit from him because the Holy Spirit was not something that was living inside of him but it came on him and uh, he was concerned that the Holy Spirit would leave him. He valued the presence of God, but it wasn't something uh, the Holy Spirit wasn't living in him. So God wants to dwell in us. 
He wants to come in us and live in us and abide in us. In, in Revelation um, chapter 21, you can see that there's a, there's a great voice from heaven. It's the voice of the Father. And, and he's proclaiming throughout the whole world. He says, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And we, we saw last week in the uh, water baptism study about the, the, how the presence of God uh, dwelt in the tabernacle. And, but God does not desire to dwell in a tent. He wants to dwell in his creation. He wants to dwell in his sons and daughters. So that's the, the whole uh, reason that you know, we, we talk, the Bible talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, so everything Jesus did on the earth uh, was for this one purpose, that God could come and dwell within us. And uh, so Jesus came to clean us up so that God could come and dwell in us. That God the Holy Spirit could come and dwell in us. So, that, so that's why Jesus said to his disciples, uh, you know him for he has been with you, but he shall be in you. Jesus was talking about the day uh, when the Holy Spirit would come inside after the, the cross, after our sins were dealt with then. Uh, he was able to, to breathe on his disciples and the Holy Spirit was able to come inside them. Um, so the interesting thing here in my little, my little diagram is that uh, we see over here the Passover lamb. <laughs> He's um, in Egypt, the little Passover lamb. Cassie's laughing. You don't like my drawing? <laughs> He's a long-legged lamb. But he's he's spotless. He's he's a good lamb. <laughs> yeah. So he's over there in Egypt, and uh, the, we know the children of Israel came through the the uh, Red Sea, and we saw last week in in the baptism study that the Red Sea parted, and they were they were delivered uh, from slavery, from bondage, uh, through baptism or through the Red Sea. And they were slaves in Egypt to sin, and they came out, they were delivered from that. But uh, it's, it's actually exactly seven weeks after Passover uh, that they came to Mount Sinai. It's also uh, seven weeks after we know Jesus was crucified at Passover, Passover lamb. Jesus is the Lamb of God, slain from before the foundation of the world. It was exactly seven weeks uh, from Jesus' crucifixion through to Pentecost. <clears throat> the interesting thing about Pentecost is that it was also called the uh, Feast of Harvest. Or in the Old Testament, Pentecost... Pente or E? E. Pentecost. <laughs> so the New Testament is referred to Pentecost. Who knows what Pente means? Pente. Tell us, Jules. <laughs> don't know. It means 50. I was going to say 5. 50. <laughs> yeah. 50. Well, probably 5 as well. Maybe uh, Pent is 5 and Pente is... 50. 50, yeah. So 50 days, 7 weeks, 7 sevens of 49. Completion of 49 days, next day is the time for Pentecost. So I heard Caitlin talking before about the timing of the Lord and, and I think everything is very important, you know, throughout the scriptures, everything has a perfect time. Because Jesus said to his disciples, don't go anywhere yet after he had been crucified he was resurrected he appeared to them he breathed on them he said receive the holy spirit but then he said don't go anywhere wait in jerusalem until you be endured with on uh with power from on high so there was a period of waiting uh for the god's timing for them till the holy spirit came in 50 days so seven weeks after the they were delivered uh through the passover lamb they came to Mount Sinai, and what happened at Mount Sinai? The Lord 
Yeah, but before the law came fire, fire came down and then, the, yeah, the law was given. So, yeah, so the fire, yeah, God appeared in fire and he gave him the law, the Ten Commandments. So fire came down and we know Pentecost, also fire came down, but came onto the people. And God also spoke. So God spoke when, when his fire came down, God spoke in the form of the law. But here, when God spoke, he spoke in the form of grace. So we see two loaves. Uh, part of the, the Old Testament feast of, of harvest, the f actually it's quite significant because this is harvest time church. And... <laughs> We want to be Pentecostals. We want to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. And uh, why? Because that means that we rely on, not on our own strength, but upon His power uh, to, to reach people. And uh, part of the process in the Harvest Feast was that it was a celebration of, of the completion of their harvest. So after they harvest grain obviously it was a prosperous time you know they they farm their their crops and they bring them in and then they all get together and go to Jerusalem and they celebrate uh, because of the harvest and part of the the worship was that they were to make two loaves and they were to wave the loaves before the Lord and also with grain offering so the two loaves can speak to us about the Jews and the Gentiles and we know that when the Holy Spirit was poured out, He wasn't only poured out for the Jews only, but also for the Gentiles. And the day that the Holy Spirit came, there were Jews from all nations of the world who were in Jerusalem. And that's when God chose to uh, visit His people. And as we, we'll go through some more examples about how the Holy Spirit was poured out, not only on the Jews but also on Gentiles and uh, in, in Joel chapter 2 verse 28 um, which is a scripture that um, Peter uh, spoke from on the day of Pentecost uh, he spoke from Joel chapter 2 verse 28 and he said and it will come to pass afterwards that I will pour my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams and young men shall see visions. So the emphasis was on all flesh. The Holy Spirit will be poured out on all people and uh, God wants to come into all people, all flesh. Nobody's left out. So, so Jesus, before he rose, he commanded uh, his disciples, Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. He said uh, to them, Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. Wait for the promise of my Father. We know God keeps his promises. Wait for him. Wait for the timing, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days later. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come in Acts chapter 2, they were all with one accord, they were all in, in unity, in one place. And there was suddenly came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So it's, it's just amazing the contrast because man in the Old Testament time was sinful and rebellious. Uh, God couldn't come down upon the people. In fact, he said to Moses, uh, build a barricade down the bottom of the mountain in case the people come close to me when I send my fire down because they'll be consumed. Don't let them up the mountain when I come down. But we see here during the grace period when Jesus dealt with our sin that Jesus actually told them to wait. 
because I'm coming down. But the uh, results of, of the blood of Christ meant that God could come down on his people through fire, the same fire that came on Mount Sinai, and yet not consume the people, but fill the people. And that, so that, that is the power in the blood of Jesus to be able to present us uh, before God and to bring us to a place where we can receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and it's a pretty awesome opportunity. And we are here in these last days and we get to live with God inside of us. It's an awesome opportunity and it's also an awesome responsibility to be carriers of His presence, to be carriers of Him in this world. So, uh, in the New Testament, the work of the Holy Spirit, I've, I've put it in, into two categories so we can, we can understand. I've, I've said the first category is to regenerate. So, the first work of the Holy Spirit, um, I heard Ali using the term before, um, being born again. And Jesus spoke about also, uh, he gave the analogy about the wineskin. He said, you can't take new wine and put into old wineskin. Um, so the Holy Spirit is, is new wine, but he said, you must take new wine, wineskin, put new wine in. So he makes us new so that he can fill us. Uh, with new wine and so regenerate regeneration Holy Spirit regenerates us and uh, in in John chapter 20 Jesus breathed on them in verse 22 this is after he'd risen from the dead he appeared to his disciples and he breathed on them and he said receive the Holy Spirit so they were regenerated, they were born again. They'd come to, to life. And yet he still said, uh, don't go out yet, but wait to be empowered. So there was a, an experience of the Holy Spirit uh, for regeneration. But that is separate to the baptism of the Holy Spirit or, for the, or to the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And, and many of us, uh, many Christians, many of God's people, sadly, never come to the place of Holy Spirit empowerment or the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they feel that they, they have enough just to be regenerated. They have enough just to have life and they know they're, you know, they're going to heaven and they're satisfied in that. Uh, but there, there is so much more that of the Holy Spirit for us to experience. That's why Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem, tarry, wait and be filled with my power. Okay, so in, for another example, uh, in John chapter 7, in verse 37, Jesus, uh, he, he spoke. Um, actually, sorry, let's look in John chapter 4 before we go to chapter 7. Uh, when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well in Samaria and he, he said to this lady whosoever drinks of this water will thirst again um, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life so Jesus, we know, is talking about the Holy Spirit. And he, he said, you know, you, you can keep drinking of the water of this world, but you will always have to come back for more. But if you drink of the Holy Spirit, uh, it will satisfy your thirst and you won't have to keep uh, coming back. But it will be in you a well of water or a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. And you'll be eternally satisfied. So he's creating in, in this lady a desire for the Holy Spirit. So we see the experience of regeneration. Jesus was talking about a fountain of living water flowing up to eternal life. And as we go out and share Christ with others, 
then we can also be an influence. And we know that lady also was an influence. She went back to her town and influenced uh, the people there, her own family and friends and those who knew her. So the Holy Spirit uh, is in us to, to, to influence. So the influence there is, is limited. The fountain is limited in comparison uh, to a river. So if you have a look in, in John chapter 7, in verse 37, on this last day of this, this wedding feast that Jesus attended, he stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, or some translations say from out of his belly, uh, will flow rivers of living water. So there's two different examples that Jesus is giving. One is a, a fountain and the other is a river. And we know a fountain will nourish you individually, a drinking fountain, and, and you can even find uh, you know, water for those around you. However, a river will have a greater influence and even in the world you know there's small rivers and then there's mighty big rivers um, like the Amazon or, or the Ganges or other big rivers that, that actually feed nations and keep keep nations actually alive so the the Lord wants us not to stay in the experience of just a fountain, not just to have enough of the Holy Spirit for our life or even our own family, but He wants us to be uh, vessels of His Holy Spirit that would actually change our workplaces and cities and the nations that, that we, we go to. Um, That is God's plan, not only just to bring transformation to us as individuals, but to go out into this world and produce a harvest. And it's for that reason, God's timing to choose the day of the harvest celebration to pour out His Holy Spirit like a mighty river. And we see in my beautiful little diagram here, I have the two experiences experience of the fountain over here uh, where it, there was a, an influence towards a certain group of people but we see here uh, the the Pentecost experience or the feast of the harvest celebration where the Holy Spirit is coming from within the belly out of the belly so I've got a little fat belly here and that's, that's Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost when he quoted in Joel chapter 2 that in the last days I'll pour my spirit on all flesh. So we see Jews and Gentiles here, all flesh. And from within, out of his belly, we know 3,000 people on the first day when the Holy Spirit was poured out, 3,000 accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and were born again into the family of God. On the first day the Holy Spirit was poured out so I believe we need to get back to those times and sure we don't see that today but I think it, if it starts with us that each of us as an individual that we would desire to, to to come into the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and uh, that we would see fruit so what God desires is he desires for fruit on the earth and Jesus when he was speaking to the people uh, he said when the Son of Man comes will he find faith on the earth will he find faith and uh, he, it was an open-end question you know when Jesus returns will he find faith in your life and will the Holy Spirit be working and sadly uh, the church has fallen into tradition and set up um, theological seminaries that even speak against uh, you know certain manifestations of the Holy Spirit and and grieve the Holy Spirit and uh, but 
we see in the New Testament, Apostle Paul says, do not forbid speaking in tongues and earnestly desire uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Earnestly desire these things that you would speak in tongues. Earnestly desire prophecy because these are all workings of the Holy Spirit. And if we reject the workings of the Holy Spirit, then we reject the person of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I myself grew up in a, in a traditional church, attending traditional church. But when I came into Pentecost and I saw the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, I knew that there was something else for me. But there was a, there was a blockage in my mind in, in receiving uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit because of certain wrong beliefs that I'd been taught. Certain things like uh, speaking in tongues is, is not, you know, necessarily... Uh, is not necessary for today but we see in every time in the new testament in every account when someone received the baptism of the holy spirit that there was a physical manifestation uh, and and there was a noise and there was a there was a change in the physical environment whether whether there was something loud happened whether they spoke in tongues but there was a there was a physical change uh, in the environment so um yeah, so we see in, in, in Exodus, when they came seven weeks, 49 days and plus one day, 50 days from Passover, they came to Mount Sinai, Holy Spirit came down and the commandments was given. When, when the fire came down, then the word of God came with the fire. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon us in fire, then it's always accompanied with the word of God. So one of the... Uh, one of the key uh, manifestations of, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit will be a love for the Word of God. And I know for me, when I received baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, the Bible came alive to me. It was like the words jumped out of the pages into my heart and it was like I couldn't get enough of it. And for a, for a young boy that never read, I used to hate reading. I only used to read, uh, you know, surfing magazines with lots of pictures. <laughs> but when the Holy Spirit came into me, it was like I couldn't put the Bible down. You know, it was this, this love for the Word of God. So we see on the day of Pentecost, when the fire came down in the people, that uh, Peter, who was an uh, unlearned fisherman, and it, not only that, he was timid and afraid, uh, to stand up with Jesus. In fact, he even denied Christ uh, three times as Jesus was going through the process of, of crucifixion. But on the day of Pentecost, in one moment, he was, trans he was transformed by the power of God. Holy Spirit came into him and he spoke the word of God boldly. He gave the word of God as we see the law came down on Mount Sinai. Day of Pentecost, Peter became a bold preacher of the word of god and it produced fruit so we see uh, during this feast of harvest it's a time to celebrate the harvest of the earth and really the harvest uh, that god longs for is for the souls of men is for his sons and daughters to return to him and that's what it's all about he, he desires that no man would perish but all would be saved and, and come to you know, a knowledge of him but we need the outpouring of the holy spirit and uh, so in second corinthians chapter 4 in verse 6 and 7 paul the apostle is uh during that whole chapter 4 he's talking about the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant and mount sinai and pentecost and in verse 6 he says this, For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So at the start we talked about the difference between on and in. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament came on people for a certain uh, task or event or to accomplish something. But in the New Testament he came in. Paul also refers to it here. He has shone in our hearts to, to give the light. He's not on us. Jesus said, you know him because he's been with you, but he shall be in you. 
So for us, he's come inside of us, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So that's one work also of the Holy Spirit is that he, uh, he, lights, he enlightens the face of Jesus Christ. We know Jesus is, is the word of God. Uh, when we receive baptism of the Holy Spirit, we get a clearer vision of Jesus. And then he goes on to say, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Which treasure? The treasure of the Holy Spirit. If, if you could put a, we couldn't put a value on the Holy Spirit. He's a treasure which is far greater than anything that this world has to offer. He's the eternal God. Uh, so this treasure in earthen vessels, here we have here on the day of Pentecost, these earthen vessels, these, these bodies of flesh made of the earth, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. It's pretty cool, hey? Yeah. So I uh, just want to look at a couple of examples other than uh, the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Samaria. Um, in Acts chapter 8, verse 14 to 18. Uh, now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem had heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen on none of them they had only been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit and when Simon saw that through the laying on the of, of the Apostles hands the Holy Spirit was given he offered the money <laughs> so we can see that uh, we can see there was a physical change that happened that Simon this Simon was a sorcerer he wanted uh, power because he, he could see when these guys received the Holy Spirit, there was, a, there was a power transformation. There was something that took place. And he was thinking to himself, gee, if I could get this, I'd be a wealthy man. Because what these guys have got is greater than any sorcery has given me or any divination or any devil worship. What he, he recognized that if he could just get this power that these people had through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then he'd be set. But he was deceived. Um, he hadn't actually uh, been through the process. And, and we saw last week with the, with the baptism study, there's a process of, uh, of, of being convicted for your sin and choosing to turn away from your sin and, and uh, deciding to die to your old self and and obey God in the in the waters of baptism and then come up a new fresh person and then uh, going through the process of renewing your mind so Simon he wanted to take a shortcut he wanted power and it's not wrong to desire power um, in fact everyone on this earth desires power because uh, God had put it in man from the beginning to be powerful and in fact God had given us responsibility on the earth and he said take dominion and uh, subdue the earth so God gave us dominion God gave mankind dominion he gave him authority and power so everybody wants powerful power <laughs> everyone wants to take dominion but uh, to be able to have true power we have to go through God's method and we have to turn away from our sin and we have to uh, follow his his example so Jesus came and he did give his uh, his disciples authority and power but it wasn't over people it was over the devil and it was over the creation it wasn't over other people um, so but this Simon guy he wanted the power of the Holy Spirit so that he could benefit his own life, not the kingdom of God. Um, in the next e example, uh, in Cornelius' house, I believe Cornelius was a Roman 
centurion so he wasn't a Jew he was a, he was a Gentile um, and in this this instance the Holy Spirit was poured out on the on the Gentiles and we see uh, God's timing and God's provision in the two the two loaves that was celebrated in the Feast of Pentecost Jews and Gentiles so Acts chapter 10 verse 44 to 47 while Peter was still speaking these words so Peter's words again word of God the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word so when the Holy Spirit comes into us and we speak his words we speak with power we speak with authority and things change circumstances change and it's it's the word of god is powerful and effective and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with peter so the jews were astonished that the holy spirit had been given to the gentiles so what verse is it so, so acts chapter 10 verse 44. did you say it fell onto them or it went in them well, it's, it's a terminology here as it fell upon them. Um, but as, as we know um, from, I guess, other verses and the illustrations that we have and what Jesus spoke about, but they saw the Holy Spirit come on them. And the reason is, uh, it says that, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So... The reason they knew that the Holy Spirit had come upon them in power was that they saw them speak in tongues and they saw them glorifying God. So we see tongues, it's an outward sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, we, we can speak in tongues and be deceived. We can speak in tongues and, and act like the devil. You know, just because you speak in tongues, does that mean you're going to go to heaven? No. But it is a manifestation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, um, I mean, tongues is a, it's a, it's another topic, but it is a, a beautiful way that uh, God's people can communicate in prayer. It's a language that we can't... Um, uh, manipulate or deceive with or use for our own benefit um, but it's a heavenly language it's a language of angels and there are times when we can speak in specific languages and communicate the gospel uh, in in other languages that people can know so the uh, Peter answered and and said can anyone forbid water that uh, these should not be baptized that have received the Holy Spirit uh, so the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that, that we should not just desire for a one-off experience but every day you know that, that we should uh, every day just pray and, and wait on God and every day I, I speak in tongues I think every day since the Holy Spirit came into my life I don't think there's been a day uh, where I haven't spent time speaking in tongues um, over the last 30 years and I first was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was at work actually wheeling a, a wheelbarrow <laughs> and um, God <laughs> came upon me and I started yeah speaking in tongues and, and I and it was something that I, I had to practice and the more that I, I spoke in tongues uh, the more I could uh, see the power of God working through my life and uh, so it's it's something that I would encourage you guys to seek for you know you may have spoken some people have uh, spoken in tongues tongues at some time in their life um, they've received an encounter with God um, but then it's kind of you've grown cold and it's not that fire burning within you and that's why we need to fan into flame the gift of God that is within us. And we need to eagerly, e earnestly desire uh, the spiritual gifts or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit was, was 
given or the fountain was given to renew our life uh, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit was given to bring in a harvest the end time harvest and that this is what God is concerned about so it just depends you know how influential you want to be in your life whether you want to impact one or two people or you want to impact cities and, and nations and um, we need we need a revival and um, I think traditions that we've established in the church is the biggest hindrance to the power of God uh, flowing and being manifest in our lives so we we just just want to encourage you just just get back to the to the simple faith and to the simple gospel and we just we need to to get desperate and we need to get thirsty and just ask him to move and uh, I believe it's it's our responsibility uh, to allow the Holy Spirit to, to fill us up to overflowing so that we we could live effective lives for him yeah here ends the study is there, I'm sure there's going to be a few questions. Do you want me to leave this on, Nathan? Yeah, leave it on. I'll give you questions. And I have a question. Yes, sir. You ready? I'm ready. Alright. Here's my question. Um, it seems to me, when you read the Gospels and Acts, that obviously Jesus would not didn't want to do his ministry without the power of God. That's obvious. The power of God is everywhere in his life. He didn't want to preach the gospel without mm. the power of God alongside of him. And then, like you said, when he comes back and he gives the spirit to the guys, he says, wait in the city until you are clothed with power, and then you can go out and be my witnesses to Samaria, mm. to wherever, to the ends of the earth. So he was like, don't even start trying to build the church. Mm. until you're clothed with power right so here's my question if, if that's how God wants to do it he doesn't want the message to go out without the power do you think that we should do that too and and what I mean by that is you shouldn't preach the gospel start to build the church without the power of God with you yeah let's start with that <laughs> yeah I think that's the pattern that that he gave us um, in the same time what actually happened on the day of Pentecost is that the church was inaugurated so that's the day that the church started um, so yeah after Pentecost we we have a church and yeah um, I think for me before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit I didn't have a desire to go out anyway um, but when when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit I just found myself going out and, and approaching strangers you know and, and wanting to talk to them about their souls in fact it started when I saw people for the first time as lost you know and, and I and I wanted to communicate with them and and then I not only that I saw you know prostitutes and other people that in the past I couldn't have cared for at all and, and all of a sudden I, I had a compassion for them that my own natural family never taught me so sure. so it was like when the Holy Spirit came in I couldn't stop I couldn't you know I couldn't sit down um, so yeah I I, th I think I would agree with that yeah yeah so that that's obviously ideal that the power of God does come on someone and close them and they get baptized with the Holy Spirit and then they go out and live the Christian life, right? But I think a lot of people's experience, myself included, is that, yeah, maybe similar to your upbringing as well, grown up in a evangelical church that mm. doesn't necessarily believe in baptism of the Holy Spirit and I don't know that I've had it. I've had a life-changing experience with God, but I've never had a moment like you described before where the spirit came on me and I started speaking in tongues or there was a big sound or anything like that. So then now I'm left a little bit confused because I'm like, cool, should I not be going out and doing all these things? Because Jesus told the disciples to go wait until they were clothed with power. 
and he really didn't want them to go out and start without that. Yeah. And that's that's the model for his ministry as well. Like he was he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and then he started his ministry. Mm. So it's just I I don't know. I find it a little bit confusing what to do if you haven't experienced the Holy Spirit baptism. Yeah. You prayed for it and you asked for it. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. My, my thought would be you probably if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit then you, you probably haven't got a strong desire to go out and speak to people you know if, if you do then yeah to that level the Holy Spirit is, is, is working in you but yeah like I, I think there's nothing wrong with shutting ourselves in a, in a room for, for um, you know four weeks and pray and fast and cry out to him for his baptism you know if that's what it takes what about years <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's gonna take years. <laughs> like he's already here. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think of people's perspective on this thought. A lot of people have not experienced it, and they want yeah. It. And it's been. I've seen people that have just been in tears, wanting this thing, and it's just not happened for them. Mm-hmm. And it's quite confusing for them. A bit, a little bit disheartening as well, I guess. And and for some people, I guess it has been years. Like yeah. for me, it's been years. I, I got yeah. Keith, Keith prayed for me back in 2016 for this to happen. As far as I know, it has not happened to me yet. I still want it. Maybe I need to be seeking it more. I don't know. I just find it a little bit, a little bit confusing. I totally see it in scripture. Mm. Just I find that a little bit difficult to process. That's what you've got, okay? Without the experience. Yeah. So I mean, we're talking about the you know the person of the Holy Spirit, right? And we know, like Jesus said, which of you, you know, if your child would ask for a good gift, would your father give him a stone? You know, if you ask for bread, would he give him a stone? So, yeah. I think think the difficulty is coming out of traditional churches when your mind has been, you know, filled with, with certain traditions the blockage is quite often in your head um, and it's quite often we need to put aside what we've learnt and just just flow with our heart yeah yeah I also have a bit of confusion around the concept of get Holy Spirit equals these signs like so I get what you're saying completely and I actually worry that then we're putting ourselves in a situation of achievement-based validity where we then go, like, nay, I'm not getting the equals version, which is the signs, so therefore I mustn't have nay plus Holy Spirit because I don't see the stuff that I'm told I want to get if I've got Holy Spirit. So then you're stuck in this place, which I think a lot of Christians go through this journey of, how come I'm not having this? I mustn't have the Holy Spirit. I've had that thought before, all the time. Like, and I actually wonder, like, I'm a little confused about whether, like, what's biblical on that, that, because I'm just not really sure it made much sense to me with that, that, equ- that equation. Is anyone else got a page? I can't speak. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, like, you're, you're a child of God. Right, you're a yeah. daughter of God, and you've been regenerated, and that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So you may be somewhere between here and here. I mean, I may say that I'm here, but you know, I'm not walking up to crippled people and getting them off the ground. But were you saying so, that people without the Holy Spirit? I thought I heard you say earlier, and correct me if I'm wrong, I might have misheard. But I thought you said earlier, people without the Holy Spirit can still speak in tongues. Doesn't mean it's a good thing. No, I didn't. I didn't say that. No. You can speak in tongues, but still not, you know, you could, you could, you could speak in tongues, but not have the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Oh, the fruit of the yeah. Spirit. Yeah, so, so you, you could live you like... You have to have the Holy Spirit speak in tongues? <laughs> well, the, the subject's not speaking in tongues because the devil, you know, also can speak in tongues. You know, there's so people that are possessed with devil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But uh, the subject is receiving the Holy Spirit. And one of the physical manifestations is speaking in tongues. But that's an outward sign. 
So inwardly, you know, we've got the, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, which is so much, which I wouldn't say it's more important, but it is as important for you personally. Um, like the Holy Spirit testifies to you that you're a daughter of God or a son of God in Nate's case. So you know you've got the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a deposit that guarantees your inheritance. And then not only that, you've got the fruit of the Spirit in your life, right? So you've got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control or self-discipline. And like those things need to be manifest in our lives, and they are. But there, there may just be some blockage in your mind in what you've been taught in receiving an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And it may just be because of you know, traditions that have been built up and blockages in your mind. So in mold, you can identify the Holy Spirit by fruit. So in Nate's situation, of should I be going out teaching if I'm not clothed? He can know he's clothed because he bears the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, why not? I mean, the woman of Samaria, you know, she went out and did good things and spoke to people about Jesus, you know, even before she'd been regenerated. So. But what about people who... Sorry, I'm so annoying. But what about people who, like, you know, they're, like, really good-hearted people? I'm sure this question's been asked mm. before, but they're great. And it's, like, you could easily look at them and go, oh, you're patient, mm. you're forgiving, you're this, you're blah, blah, blah. And then it's, like, how do you define what fruits of the Spirit or having the Holy Spirit? Mm, only God knows. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, you know, yeah. But we know because we've been transformed. Because, like, for me, you know, I, I used to be... A very angry young man you know but when when the holy spirit came into my life I, I took all that anger away you know so i know that the fruit is from from god but you may not know me as an angry person before so yeah but it it, it comes down to a, i think the whole purpose of of this talk is is to create a thirst in us you know and not to not to to give up you know, just continue to seek Him and, and be hungry and thirsty where, wherever we are on the journey. I mean, I know Christians that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoken in tongues and, and just they don't know the value in it and they don't do anything with it. You know, so what, what does that benefit? It doesn't. But, but what we want to do is, you know, we want to, we want to nurture the, a revival you know, we want the Holy Spirit to flow through our lives and impact the people around us. Um, so, I mean, personally, yeah, it will help if you. It will help your personal devotion, devotional life. If if you do speak in tongues, um, you know, it, we build up our faith when we speak in tongues. Um, it, it empowers us to go out and do works for God. Um, yeah. I find myself um, that you know I when I when I pray in the Holy Spirit, I just get um, just enthused for God, and I, I never grow tired of serving Him. And for me, burnout I I don't understand what that means um, because when I'm getting filled with the Holy Spirit, in the there is no such thing as burnout. It's it's just burn up. It's just get fired up. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know what it means to get tired from from working. You know, and the burdens of of just general life. But as far as serving God, as long as I'm being filled with the Holy Spirit every day, you know, I, I never grow tired. You know, because it's it's based on on His power. You know, not my own strength. So. For me, I had a problem receiving that because, you know, I, I remember many times <clears throat> going and getting people to lay hands on me and, and, and um, you know, pray for me to receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there was just, there was a blockage there in my mind. And I think that's why God did it when I was out in the workplace. I was actually shoveling soil and I wasn't thinking in my head. I wasn't trying to make it happen. And then God just just started flowing through me. Mm. Were you seeking uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit for quite a while? Uh, it was probably about six weeks. So, no, but for me it was like, it was a long time because I was so desperate. 
I want, you know. Maybe that's the key then. Yeah. <laughs> Get more desperate. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, prayer, prayer and fasting helps with that as well, you know. Um, and fasting. I, yeah, and yeah. I think But for you, Katie, uh, yeah. was it spending time in the Word or was there a place that you came to in your life where you became desperate for God that when He baptised you, what was it? Oh, I just like, like I was, yeah, it was sick of living in the life without Him, without light, without, like I was just in that place of depression and stuff and I was like, this cannot be all that there is. And, it was literally a place of desperation. Mm-hmm. Being like, I actually need you right now. Because <laughs> like, I can't do anything else. And it was, yeah, I feel like it was a place of desperation. And like, just surrendering all and being like, Lord, where are you? And when I got prayed for to get filled with the Holy Spirit, it was when Nicholas was like, would you want to receive it? And I just like, I was like, yes. Because I was like, I don't know any other like way. But I'm like, the journey that I'm in now is like this place of frustration. I just want to speak in tongues, like I want more of him. But like he's just like, Well, give me time. Like and I'm like, Yeah, okay. I can actually like opening up the word of God and stuff because to be honest, like I haven't really been very good at that the last few weeks. Like, because I yeah, I get so used to like, yeah, Wednesday night's good. So you kinda but then I'm getting frustrated on Wednesday night because I can't break into like the presence of God because I haven't given him any time in quiet place of worshiping with him. So I can't how we worship in our quiet place is how we worship with us around like mm-hmm. I don't know. And that's what I'm finding is like yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's so frustrating, hey. Like if you hear about this and it's just like, yeah, but why am I not seeing it? And then God's just like, give me time and I'm like Oh Jules, um in regard to the um baptism the Holy Spirit and God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, Trinity, three of one, uh, one to Jesus Christ. So, um, some people got baptized in the Holy Spirit, just you know, they can't, they can't speak in tongues, you know, and they can't speak in tongues, and then they preach the gift, as the teacher said, you know, uh, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will be received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So that means you gotta repent. Mm. So maybe I can't speak the speaking tongues either, you know what I mean? So I'm praying, I can't, I can't receive it. As the teacher says, yeah, that, that, that is the gift. Mm. So in regards mm. to this problem, it says, first of all, we have to get um, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit to go out and teach the Bible, this and that, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to, as far as I'm concerned, we, we don't have to get um, baptized in the Holy Ghost for us. Mm order to go out and preach the Bible, you know, mm. because uh, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, uh, the Spirit of the God is already living in us, you know yeah. okay? so it, do, it doesn't have to be like speaking with the tongues or not, you know, it, it doesn't make us a bad person or something, mm. that's mm. a gift from God, mm. so um, oh, that's a gift, you know, some people, maybe I, I, didn't, re- uh, I didn't repent pro- properly, you know, because he said repent, repent and be baptized, every one of you, repent. Mm. Repentance is very important. Some people yeah. just repent in the name of Jesus Christ you know, and I mm. baptized and uh, you gotta be so pure as far as on, on as far as on, as far as the rest of the Bible goes. You gotta be so pure inside the heart 
to receive the Holy Spirit. We all receive the Holy Spirit, but we got in order to speak in tongues, that's the gift from God. So you gotta be pure inside the heart. You know, and he's very pure that's the gift, you know, you gotta be a special mm. as to speak. Because we can't deny it because there's a rest in the Bible. So if you believe in the God, you gotta believe that it's a scripture in the Bible. So there is a verse in the Bible that says, Look, I'm mm. not 